This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word and go with me to the book of Proverbs, and we'll begin or we'll read verse 22, Proverbs 13 and verse number 22. Proverbs 13 and verse 22, the Bible says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I want to speak to you on this subject, our gift to our grandchildren, our gift to our grandchildren. It's Grandparents Day. And I would say that it is the responsibility of the grandchild on Grandparents Day to provide their grandparents with a gift. But as grandparents, we are to think about and consider what we are going to give our grandchildren. As parents, obviously, uh, we are thinking of and considering what it is that we are giving our children. And in this passage, we're dealing with the subject of a grandparent. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The Bible says in Proverbs 17 in verse number 6, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. The relationship that exists between grandparents and grandchildren is a very unique relationship that brings hope and expectation. We have an example of that in the book of Ruth, if you'd look there with me, Ruth chapter number four. You, you, you remember the story of Naomi and of course uh, her husband Elimelech and they left the land of Israel and they went to Moab and Elimelech dies and so also her two sons die, but not before her two sons had married. And they married Moabite girls, Ruth and Orpah. Eventually, Naomi uh, will return to Israel. And when she returns, Ruth, this Moabitess, decides that she's going to go with her. And of course, while Ruth has returned, she eventually meets a man named Boaz, who is a kinsman. It's a wonderful picture of the grace of God. And uh, Naomi... Uh, she said, don't call me Naomi. She said, call me Mara. She said, I went out full, but I've come back empty. She was a disappointed woman. She was a hurt woman. 
life did not go the way she anticipated and she thought she had lost all hope. But God gave her hope because Boaz, this kinsman redeemer, uh, bought back all that she had lost and he married, uh, he married her daughter-in-law and uh, if they were to have a child, then that child would be her grandchild, according to the Levitical law. And that is exactly what happened. In Ruth chapter four and verse number 13, the Bible says, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, or the women rather, blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And so this woman who said the Lord has dealt bitterly with me, this woman who said that I have gone out full but I have come back empty, now she finds the blessings of God and the women are gathering around her and they're pronouncing this blessing upon her. Verse 15 and he shall be like unto thee, a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. Well, that little boy brought a lot of joy and a lot of hope to Naomi. She saw once again that God was blessing her and she saw his good hand at work on her behalf and he, he brought her a lot of hope and he brought her a lot of joy. The Bible says in verse 16, and Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became a nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He's the father of Jesse the father of David. What a famous uh, lineage uh, she entered into. And not only that, but eventually there's going to be another Joseph and a Mary, and then eventually a son named Jesus. The King of kings and the Lord of lords will come through the line of this woman. And what a blessing it is. What a, what a, what a reward it is. The Bible says that children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Uh, someone has said that grandchildren are, are the rewards that you receive for not killing your kids. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that said. And your children may have kept you poor, someone said, but their children will make you rich. And so what a blessing it is. Uh, what a blessing it is to, to have a, a grandchild and, and the hope and the encouragement that that brings. But then also what a blessing it is for a grandchild to have a grandparent who knows God and walks with God. What a great blessing. But Timothy uh, had a grandmother named Lois and she had a great impact on that young man who would eventually come to know Christ as his savior and eventually serve God with his life. And Paul, writing of her, said this. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5, as he wrote to Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. 
And then in another place, he said this in 2 Timothy chapter number three, he said, and that thou from a child hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. When Paul looked at Timothy, this young man that had, be, had come to know the Lord under his ministry there at, at Lystra, and, and he saw that God had called him into service, he thought about uh, Timothy's heritage. He thought about the fact that Timothy had a grandmother who feared God and obeyed God and followed God. And he thought about the fact that that grandmother, whose name was Lois, taught her daughter, whose name was Eunice, the truths of the word of God. And that was handed down from Lois to Eunice and then eventually to Timothy. And we see that God worked in that young man's life as a direct result of the investment that his grandmother made in his life. I want to tell you something. I'm here today because of the investment of my grandparents. Make no mistake about it. I'm here because they poured uh, the truth into my parents and my parents poured the truth into me and my grandparents while, I was, uh, while they were on this earth with me. I want to tell you they lived out the Christian life and I thank God for it. And here we see in this passage of scripture in the book of Proverbs, the Bible tells us uh, in verse 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So let's look at this verse together and I want you to see a, a few things and uh, I hope you'll write them down. First of all, I want you to see number one, their Lord. I'm talking about the grandparents, their Lord. The Bible said a good man, a good man. What makes a man good? You know, the Bible tells me there is none good, no, not one. What makes a man right? What makes a man just? The Bible said all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone unto our own way. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells me that all of my righteousness, the very best that I can do for all of it in my self-effort, in my flesh, all of it is as filthy rags in the sight of God. So how does a man become just? That's an age old question that Job asked. How is it that a man becomes a, a good man? Is it because he does certain deeds? No. It's not because he does certain deeds. Because we've already found no matter what we do, we can't obtain favor with God. You see, the problem that we all have is sin. We're all sinners. We may sin to different degrees. Our sin may not seem to be as bad as other people's sin, but the fact of the matter is we're all sinners. And as sinners, we are separated from God. And the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth to live the perfect, sinless, holy life, and he did. And he died on the cross, and when he went to the cross of Calvary, let me tell you what he carried there. He carried your sin and mine, and he made the payment for your sin and for mine. And the only way that I'm gonna be good is if I trust in a good God who lived the righteous, sinless life for me, who will remove my sin and cleanse me and wash me, and he will come and dwell within me and the Holy Spirit will make me a new creature. If any man is in Christ, he is a 
new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so if you want to be a good man, there's only one way to do that. You have to know Jesus. You have to know Jesus. And without Jesus, there's no good man. And so we see their Lord. Do you know the Lord Jesus is your Savior? The greatest thing that you can do for your grandchildren is to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest thing you can do for your children is to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest thing you can do for your own soul, without doubt, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. I want to tell you something. It is no good. It is of no value if you accomplish every goal in life and you earn every dollar you'd ever want to make. There is no value to that if you die without Jesus and go to hell. They're Lord. They're Lord. And the way we demonstrate and show who our Lord is is by our everyday living. The way we live and conduct our lives as believers. I'm thankful to have grandparents who walked with God, who were faithful. But my dear grandmother, Nell Haney, I, I remember her every night uh, withdrawing herself from the, uh, the living room and the television and going into a, a private room by herself, alone, carrying that little red Bible that she used to carry. I would walk by that room from time to time and I'd hear her praying. I'd spend the night at their home. I loved to do that. I'd wake up in the morning to gospel preaching and gospel singing on the radio. I grew up listening to Oliver B. Green and Lester Roloff. I, I, I grew up hearing those guys. I, I, I grew up in an atmosphere where God's word was proclaimed and, and where the people modeled this faithfulness I remember my grandmother would order tracks from Oliver B. Green and she would take those tracks and my grandfather would and they would go into the public places and they would leave those gospel tracks everywhere. They would hand them to people. They would talk to people about the Lord. I remember my grandmother would sit down and she would get her tithing envelope out and, and she would write a check and make it to the church and she never told me what she was doing. I just had spent enough time with her to notice what she was doing. They were faithful. They weren't perfect. But they were faithful to God. Their Lord was not just their Savior to get them to heaven, but he was the Lord of their life. I'd see them as she wrote those tithing checks, she'd write checks to uh, different ministries and she supported J. Harold Smith and she supported Lester Roloff. And listen, I wanna tell you something. Uh, every dime of money that she ever invested in the work of God is bringing her eternal dividends and eternal rewards and it's been a blessing in my life and there's no games, no toys, no devices that I would ever need, not one drink of Starbucks that I would ever need, not one burger at McDonald's that I would ever need that I was deprived of because my grandparents invested in the work of God. And I'm gonna tell you why they did that. Because they had a Lord. And they made it clear who their Lord was. It was Jesus. I thank God for that investment they put in me. Their Lord. But I want you to see secondly, their labor. 
Uh, whoso, the Bible says, verse 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. The only way I'm going to leave an inheritance is I've got to work. I, I have to labor. And how am I going to do that? You know, the Bible says that we're all going to face God when we leave this world. Hebrews 9 and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Now there are two judgments. There is the judgment of the believer. That's the judgment seat of Christ. And we will stand before our Lord and we will give an account for what we did with the opportunity he gave us. For the truth he gave us. Uh, he will give us an opportunity to give an account to him. We're going to stand before the ultimate judge, friends. And if you're a believer, you don't have to fear going to hell. You, you don't have to fear that at all. But here's what I want you to know, that we are going to give an account for what we did with what we know and what we have. That's, that's a part of the judgment that we face. There's another judgment for the unbelieving world, those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're going to be judged for their sin. And eventually they'll be cast into the lake of fire. And so we understand we're all going to face God when we leave this world. And we're going to give an account for what we did with the opportunity God has given us. Paul speaking of that judgment said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 13, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. John tells us or the Lord Jesus tells us actually and it's recorded for us in the gospel according to John in the sixth chapter, labor not for the meat which perisheth but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. The crowds came to Jesus because they liked the fish and the bread. And they wanted a Jesus who would take care of them. By the way, the world's still looking for that Jesus. And when I say take care of them, I'm not talking about the needs of their soul and their eternal destiny. I'm talking about their temporal, physical needs. They wanted a Jesus who kept the food line open. They wanted a Jesus who kept uh, the, 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 the uh, vacation packages flowing. They wanted a Jesus who gave them all the comforts and all the pleasures that they could possibly want. And the Lord Jesus said to them, labor not for the meat which perisheth. Think about all the time and the energy that you, can, that, that, that you spend. What do you consume at all? Is it the meat that perishes? Or is it that which endureth unto everlasting life? He said, which the Son of Man shall give you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now that's a good question, isn't it? What, what can we do? You said, you said we're to labor for the meat that perishes. Or that perishes not. We're to labor for the meat that endures. So tell us, what can we do? What is the thing that we should be doing? And what is it that grandparents and parents should be doing to invest in their children and grandchildren? Verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. 
If you want to know what the work of God is, it begins with belief. It is faith. It is trusting God and believing God and obeying God. And then the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7 gives us our marching orders when it deals with our children as believers. He said, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What are they to teach them diligently? The law of God's word. He said, you're to teach your children God's word. Can I tell you, it's not up to the youth director, the Sunday school teacher. It's not up to, even to the pastor or the Christian school to teach your children to love God. It's up to you. Now the, the pastor and this Christian school and the youth director, hey, they're here for you. But can I tell you that God gave you that responsibility and he didn't give it to anybody else? And you can try to hand it off to somebody else, but that responsibility lies solely with you. What are you doing about it? Their labor. Their labor. What are you laboring for? Well, I want my children to have this opportunity. And I want my children to have this opportunity. And I want them to have the very best. And I want them to have this. And, and we can go on and talk about that list for days. And every parent has a different idea. But why don't we just find out what God's idea is? God said, I want them to know me. And the way they're going to know me is through you. The greatest thing is a, a grandfather or a grandmother can give to her grandchild or his grandchild is the truth of God's word. And the greatest thing a parent can give to their children is the truth of God's word. And it's more than just a 30-second prayer at dinner. It's more than just, hey, we're going to have a devotion. And by the way, we need to have a devotion. It's more than that. It is living the Christian life and being faithful to God through the trials, through the afflictions, through the difficulties, enjoying the good times together. It's being faithful to God and teaching them. That's our labor, our labor. Then I want you to see the last thing, and that is our legacy. Our Lord, our labor, our legacy. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. General Douglas MacArthur said this. He said, when I'm gone, I don't want to be remembered as a great general. I want to be remembered as a Christian father who read the Bible and prayed with his children. That's a pretty good legacy, isn't it? That's an inheritance that our children so desperately need. Daniel Webster said this, he said, good counsel is the best legacy a father can leave to his child. Wisdom, understanding. You know, I don't remember, I know my grandparents bought me things. I can't hardly remember a thing they bought me. But I remember the moments with them. I remember the truths they taught me. And the fondest memories I have of them is not of the things and they didn't have much. The fondest memory I have of them is being with them and seeing them model this Christian life and the faithfulness that they serve God with. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 that we are, 
He said, love not the world. He's speaking to Christians. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You know, sometimes it looks like the only thing we're living for is the world. The next car, the next vacation, the, the next purchase at the mall, the next exciting event. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He said, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The greatest thing I can leave my children and my grandchildren is a testimony of faithfulness to God and a pattern that they can incorporate in their life of doing the will of God because that abides forever. Peter said that we have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away and it is reserved in heaven for you. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. Matthew Henry said a good man by being good and doing good, by honoring the Lord with his substance and spending it in his service secures it to his posterity. Or if he should not leave them much of this world's good, his prayers his instructions, his good example will be the best entail and the promises of the covenant will be an inheritance to his children's children. Now, here's a question. Are you an heir of God? The Bible said he has made us heirs and joint heirs with him. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful inheritance we have. Now it is our responsibility to pass that inheritance unto our children and unto our grandchildren, and may God help us. You say, well, I'm here and I'm not a grandparent. Well, let me tell you that you're here today and you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then we want to invite you to put your faith in him and trust him today. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a home in heaven. You'll have something to live for forever. But if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, let me ask you, what are you laboring for? Is he your Lord? Is he truly your Lord? Is he your master? Uh, do you love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength? If he's your Lord, then live like he's your Lord. Not just your, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be crass, but your fire insurance policy. Not just your ticket to heaven. He is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You say, that is revealed in my daily living and my daily decisions and my daily actions. If he's Lord and my labor, what am I spending my life and energy on? Is it the things that are going to perish and fade away? You know, the day before the Civil War ended, you might have had 10 million in Confederate currency, but the day after, you had nothing. It was worthless. And let me tell you, friend, what's accomplished in this world, the moment we leave it, is worthlessness unless it's been laid up in heaven. And may God help us to leave a legacy for our children and our grandchildren. And may God help us as a church to be obedient to the Lord, to labor for him, 
and to help these kids who come in, to the Conqueror Club or these children who come to the after school program or these children who come to any of these ministries that they would know something. There's a group of people who really love the Lord, who are willing to labor for him and who are going to leave them a legacy of knowing God. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.